0: Now, before we get into it, I want to tell you this powerful nugget. Today, we are having an incredible episode around Father's Day. In fact, we're celebrating girl dads. But here's the thing I want to encourage. Whenever you have a chance to impact, impart, help inspire another life, don't take that lightly. Everyone who is a dad out there has eight, supreme opportunity to impact the life of someone that you help to create and you help to develop. So regardless of what your relationship status is with mom, you owe it to yourself to embrace the opportunity to be dad in the most powerful and impactful way. So if you are out of sorts, get it together, get back in there and make sure you're present, accountable, and involved in the lives of your children. And for the dads holding it down strong, kudos to you. For the dads who need to step it up a level, take this as a sign that now is the time for you to rise to the occasion and be the best dad you can possibly be. And my last shout out is to those who are standing in the gap. You are appreciated. If you are in there helping to be a great influence in the lives of children from a male perspective, I want to honor you too. Happy Father's Day to all and enjoy this season of celebration where we acknowledge you. For being dad. For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love, and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of denisetaylor.live, and welcome to Embrace Your Power. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Now let's meet this week's achiever, whose story will inspire you to embrace your power and go. Well, hello there. It's Denise Taylor. I'm always excited to have you join me each and every week right here on Embrace Your Power. Now, this is the place where you can always count on me to encourage you to build a life that you love. You see here, we believe that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power. And when we embrace our power, we truly can be, do have, and achieve anything that we want. Now, I am so excited about today's special episode. Now, whether you're listening to me on Apple podcasts or Spotify, perhaps you're watching on YouTube, I want you to know you are in for a treat. You are in to hear from men today. Now, not often that we have men as our guests, but in honor of Father's Day, I wanted to celebrate a few girl dads. You see, I made my dad a girl dad being the first girl in the pack. And I know that there is a special relationship between a girl and her father. So when I thought about what I could do that was unique and different for Father's Day, I wanted to bring some men on so that they could talk about their relationship with their daughters. Now, we are blessed today because we are going to have three different guys come to Embrace Your Power in a bit of a panel discussion, talk about their relationships with their daughters. Now, I will tell you. Being a dad is probably one of the most impactful, precious roles that a man gets to have. But being a girl dad, there is nothing that can take the place of a girl's relationship and desire for relationship with her father. They hold a special place as the first man in the young girl's life that can help her understand more about herself and more about a loving relationship with a man. Now, I know there are so many people, including myself, who may not have had a relationship that they desire, but I want you to know that we all get a chance to have a loving Fatherly relationship with God. And so if you miss having this relationship in your life, I want to tell you that God is so perfect to step in and be that father for you that you may have missed. And so be encouraged as you're approaching Father's Day, if this is a hard day for you, whether you had a dad and you lost your dad or you didn't have a father or a relationship that you desired, God is faithful and he will cover you in the most incredibly loving way. Now, as we celebrate Fathers for Father's Day, I want to say to those who are showing up strong, being committed to their families and to their daughters, I want to say that you are setting such an incredible example in your daughter's life of what they can expect when it comes to love, relationship, commitment, understanding for man. And I want to encourage you to show up as boldly and as lovingly as you possibly can in those shoes and be a great dad for your children especially your daughters so now let's jump into this wonderful conversation that i get to have with three incredible dads i want to welcome dave ryan and dan to embrace your power So this is a very great occasion. Anytime that we can honor men, especially dads, we want to do that. And so in honor of Father's Day, I wanted to bring some girl dads to the podcast to talk about their experience. Now, let me just say this. I made my dad a girl dad. That means I was the first girl to come along. So obviously I had a significant place, a significant role. I set the stage for my sisters that followed because I was the original daughter. The rest of them are just mere copies. But having said that, I know that daughters have a special place in their dad's heart. For some reason, there's nothing more promising, loving, or kind than being referred to as a daddy's girl. So when I was thinking of Father's Day, I wanted to bring some dads on to talk about being girl dads. And so I've got great men with me today who are just basking in that role at different ages and stages with their daughters. And I'm so excited to welcome each of them. So we're going to do a bit of a round robin because it is a panel discussion for us today. And I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and talk about their daughters. So let's kick off with the OG. We'll start with Dave. He's got the oldest daughter in the pack. And so, do us a favor, Dave. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your daughter.
1: All right, first up the deck, um, Dave Gaetano. Originally from, born and raised in New York City, Queens, New York City. Um, I've been in Charlotte now twenty-five years. Actually, moved to Charlotte two weeks after my daughter was born. Took a job with Bank of America or with with Nation's Bank at the time and told my wife, Maria, hey, honey, we're moving to Charlotte. And that didn't go well because she was nine months pregnant. And she's like, where's Charlotte? I'm not going to Charlotte. What are we doing? Are you going? I'm like, hey, I'm going. Are you coming with me? So long story short, she came with me. Um, So basically, my daughter was born in New York and grew up here in Charlotte. Now, her name is Bria. I mean, she's very much like her dad, and uh, I'm so blessed to be a girl dad. She is the, definitely the princess of the family. Um, she was my first girl. She was the first granddaughter on both sides of the family. Um, so as, as a little one, she was very, very much spoiled.
0: I can definitely see that happening. <laughs> All right, Ryan, you're up next. Introduce yourself and tell us about your bundle of joy.
2: Uh, So my name is Ryan jor I am the proud father of a seven-year-old daughter, Peyton Baroness Coleman. Um, About my daughter, she is so smart. (laughs) Uh, So she just turned seven recently. She actually is already a grade ahead. So she's actually uh, in the second grade. And halfway through the semester, they actually started giving her third grade work, who is very intuitive. And some of the conversations I've had with her, I probably should be having with 17 year olds, but because she's so smart and she's uh, asked a bunch of questions. She isn't a higher grade. So obviously she's around students that are older and she's tall and beautiful. And so people confide in her and tell her things that a typical seven year old probably shouldn't know. So I do a lot of damage control at home with that, but Peyton is—I uh, call her my world. I do have a son as well, but it's about girl dads. Uh, so just, just in case anybody wants to know, yes. Um, but being a girl dad is very fulfilling uh, and something that I didn't know I needed until I got it. And so I'm very excited to be on here with you, gentlemen. Um, we can exchange some tips and pointers if you know anything about. I'm sure that Dave with your smart kid probably know a little bit about that and so I'm open to <laughs> any advice she may have as she matriculates through school but very happy thanks so, Denise. Uh, so much Denise for having me and so uh excited about the discussion
0: awesome and then rounding us out is Dan tell us about your daughter Dan
3: thanks for having me Denise um Really excited to be here too um, so my name is Dan bus I'm in Wisconsin um, the so I'm the youngest of seven kids in my family and um, I kind of took my time to find my wife <laughs> uh, it took me a while and uh, so i'm I'm a little bit older dad and um, Eden Rose was our uh, daughter that made me a a dad and made me a girl dad. Um, Eden is now three and a half, almost four years old. And um, it's kind of fun because since I'm the youngest in my family and there's quite an age gap between me and my siblings, Eden is, it's almost like a second set of grandkids in my family. Um, you know, most of her first cousins are are um, either married, uh, have kids of their own. Um, she's actually been a flower girl for weddings for one of her, co- one of her cousins. And um, so it's kind of like almost starting over. I have to remind my 92-year-old dad that she's his granddaughter, not his great-granddaughter, because he's kind of moved on to the great-grandkids. Um, but yes, uh, Eden is, um, um, Eden is a spitfire. She is a feisty little redhead and, um, everything you've heard about redheads is true in her case. She is just uh, a ball of energy. She is the most, like her highs are very high and her lows are pretty low. Like she is, she's definitely wears her emotions on her sleeve in, in the best possible way. Um, she is just, a you know, the, the, the light of my life um, she is is um, so energetic, so creative, so feisty, and I love every night of it
0: oh that 's awesome it's so endearing to hear you guys talk about your daughters i 'm um, really curious though, um, and i don 't know if you heard these words at their birth or if you heard them before they were born, but how did you feel when you learned? It's a girl. Like, what went through your mind when you heard it's a girl? So, Ryan, I'll start with you.
2: You're not going to believe this, but we cried. My my then wife at the time, uh, we were getting the news that we were having a baby, and we had visions and had names picked out for boys. We had no idea that we were going to have a girl. Um, and so, it was not actually... Exciting at first, we were actually very upset, Um, and I say that because people are gonna be like, "Oh my god, how can you be upset?" Like, I'm a human being, right? I have real life feelings. My first reaction, my emotion, was, "Oh my gosh, we're having a girl!" Like, I don't even like (laughs) no. And as as a man, right, all we care about generally is having a son to carry on the legacy, carry on the lineage. That's the heir to the throne, right? So having a boy, had I had a boy first, I would not have two kids, quite honestly. So I think God knew what he was doing by giving me a girl first. Um, And even with that transition of her coming into the world, you know, she didn't take to me at first. So about first four months, I really didn't have a great relationship. Couldn't get her to go to sleep. Couldn't feed her. Couldn't really help. But now she is daddy's little angel and stuck on my hip. But my initial thought was um, sadness, actually. Mm -hmm. But now obviously that worked out. But that was my initial reaction. So probably a little different than everybody else's, but that that's a real life story. We absolutely cried. Oh,
0: you know, I think I can relate to that. Obviously not from the same seat, but when you have expectations on one gender, like you're fully all in. I know like with our second daughter, my pregnancy was so different that I had convinced myself that it was a boy. And so when they were like, it's a girl, I was just like shook. Like, like, what do you mean? Like this, this, Totally with my mind was a boy the whole entire time. And I think we can convince ourselves and you do have to kind of pull yourself back after you have like already bought in hook, line and sinker on this particular gender. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. But it's so funny, too, because my niece, they told her the entire time it's going to be a girl. They had a it's a girl balloon in the room and. Of course, she had a little boy. So it's not always sewn up to turn out the way that they may uh, may try to predict. But I'm glad that she has transitioned and become the apple of your eye. So, what about you, Dan? When you heard it's a girl or it's going to be a girl, what was your reaction to that?
3: Yeah, yeah. So I was in shock. Um, so out of all of my siblings, none of the none of my brothers have had girls. Um, so I just kind of went into this, assuming that we just don't make girls (laughs) in our family. So, um, I was completely expecting the boy, um, you know, and, and my wife, my wife was on the other camp. She, she thought it was going to be a girl. And when the, uh, when the pink balloons came flying out of the box, you know, we did a, we did a reveal and, uh, I was, I was absolutely in shock, um, For me, though, like I have always wanted a daddy's girl. Um, And and that was like I was so elated because, like I said, I was I was convinced it was going a different direction. So for me, it was very much a positive surprise where I was just she had her she had me wrapped around her finger already at that point. Like I was just so absolutely in love with the idea of having this this little girl that um, was going to come into my life.
0: That's awesome. What about you, Dave? When you heard it's a girl or it's going to be a girl, what was your, your response to that? How did you feel?
1: So I, I kind of expected it. So my mom had three boys. Um, I had two other aunts that had all boys. So a lot of the cousins were already boys. And then when, when we started having kids, they were all having girls. Right. So I'm like, yeah, this is it's definitely I'm going to have a girl, can't have a girl. But, you know, as a man, you want boys, you know, you want your boys to be in the NBA or this and that and playing football and all that. Um, but when my daughter came, I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic. I, could, I just couldn't wait to hold her. And when she was small, I just dressed in pink all the time. All the time. She had to wear pink, had to be pink. Now she hates pink.
0: that's so awesome that's so funny that you were the one who was pink 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 you know I think at that moment too especially being a man and especially understanding um, relationships and everything that comes along with your purview and the seat that you sit in I imagine that there was probably something you might have feared in that moment too And so when you heard that it was going to be a girl, you were going to be a girl dad. Was there anything that came up for you that you feared? I'll start with you, Dan.
3: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think you start with the obvious of, I'm like, I've never walked in a girl's shoes. I, (laughs) I don't know what a girl is going to need from a support from a dad. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I don't know what she's going to go through and haven't lived her experiences. So I think my head definitely went there of, you know, um, you know, and 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 I'm so grateful for the, the amazing wife that I have. And I knew she was going to be like the awesome mom that's going to show her the ropes and show her um, everything she teach her, everything she needs to know. But it is it was intimidating at first to to, you know, think through that, you know, I, I, I need to um, there's a lot I need to learn to help really help her down her path as she uh, continues to grow as well.
0: Awesome. Uh, what about you, Dave? What what kind of fears came up for you once you realized, Yeah, she really is a girl.
1: I was I was like, oh, what kind of guys is she going to be bringing home? That was the first thought. It's like, well, how am I going to deal with this? And I don't know if this is going to be one of your questions, but I'll tell you a quick story. But there was in high school, and she was at the house here with a couple of her friends. And they they were in, like, my dining room, which is right the, near the front. So I said, this boy rings the bell. And I knew he was coming. I had never met him personally. He rings the bell. And... I go to answer the door and he comes in and go he sees the girls over there and he goes right past me. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What you know what is it is? I said, let's back this up. I made a kid go back outside, ring the bell again, and and you know, introduce himself properly. I'm like, dude, this is, you know, this is my house. I'm running things over here. You know, and so the kid never talked to me again when I saw him at the school and stuff like that. But I well, I not- do
0: like how you kind of garnered the situation and took control of it. I love how you uh, made him respect your home, respect your daughter, and kind of taught him some manners in the the way of that but I would imagine you know that's one of the fears that sets in even when they're a baby you know thinking about their life and what they're going to encounter and who and a lot of men seem to say well I know how I was and so (laughs) I need to prepare them as well and so Mm -hmm. some of that comes into play what about you Ryan what fears came up for you
2: Um, So I didn't necessarily have any fears, but I will say I didn't know anything really about raising kids. Uh, I didn't have any kids around me and I didn't really like kids. So I didn't know how to change a diaper. Um, You know, I actually attended a baby care for dad's class. I was living in uh, Virginia at the time, uh, Nova, Northern Virginia and Alexandria. And the hospital that we were delivering at uh, had a baby care for dad's class. So I actually took that. It was like seven guys in the class. And out of the seven guys, six of us had never even touched the diaper before. And so I think the preparation in that I didn't necessarily have a fear, but I knew I had to prepare and at least learning how to change a diaper swaddle, which I still can't do if I tried to do it now. Uh, Just some of those basic things I had to learn. Um, but now, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm not master at, at being a father, but it's definitely something that I'm able to educate people on and myself on. I have two books about fatherhood now uh, based on my experiences with that. So I've learned quite a bit over the years, uh, but definitely in the beginning, I, I couldn't tell you how to do anything <laughs> at all. So.
0: I that. I love how you went to class to learn. But you I, I think the value in that is knowing you had never touched a diaper, but you weren't alone in that. Right. That there was like other guys. In the it was a whole room, a whole room
2: of us, <laughs> black, white, orange. And it was. It honestly was a very, and it's something that I would love to recreate, Uh, it's a bonding moment for people that are expecting, this is their first child, right, and so how do you, how do you change a diaper, what do you say, there are some things that I also learned that are innate that you would do, and so I didn't worry as much because technically, you know, if you pick up a baby right now and they're crying, you're going to rock, right, you're naturally going to rock your body, so there's some things that you innately learn or that you do that you didn't know that you had until you actually got in the situation, so um, just some things that I've, I've learned over the years. But yeah, I was, uh, definitely didn't know how to change a diaper. <laughs>
0: That's so awesome. Awesome, awesome. Love to hear that. And that probably is something that a lot of people, especially me, could benefit from. So there may be something in that, especially uh, being able to couple that with the books that you have. So let's talk about memories, right? Because growing up, everybody has a memory. And I'm wondering if you've been able to recreate something, whether it's your favorite game that you played growing up and you had a chance to introduce that with your, your daughter or your favorite movie or have you guys created something that has become you all's thing? What's out there for you? So, Dave, I'll start with you.
1: Yeah, so I mean, my daughter and I are so very much alike. Um, but it's really it's really usually about family, but just me and her, we like to watch different shows together, like Forge and Fire. these guys are building knives from scratch and things like that and we really get into it we even asked my wife if we could build a forge in the garage to start making knives and things and she didn't go for it um things like that in various like you know obscure like the british baking show and things like that me and her would just sit down and talk and just and just watch these things and i just think it's just moments that we can be together and now it's it's more 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 family where we do annual trips together. Now that she's in Boston and is likely going to stay there for work and things like that. And one of the shows that we really like to watch and it's a little crazy is SWAT. And me and her will sing the theme song or hum the theme song. You know, for the SWAT show. And it's a little crazy, but we love to do stuff like that.
0: That's awesome. I love that you guys make that connection and something that you guys can key in on together. What about you, Dan? Have you been able to recreate or start a new something that you and Eden share?
3: Yeah. So um, in our house, I do the majority of the cooking and like all, a lot of my favorite memories growing up, with my mom, my sisters, my grandma, both of my grandmothers lived with us as well. Um, And so I I had all these women around that were just awesome, amazing cooks and bakers. Um, So one of the things that I've really enjoyed is um, Saturday mornings, usually my wife tries to sleep in a little bit and and it's, it's daddy daughter time. um, And we'll like make pancakes, make chocolate chip pancakes. And I love having her in the kitchen with me, just, you know, um, um, doing whatever she can. She's only three and a half. So like, I don't let her go too far other than like stirring the chocolate chips in, but <laughs> um, she's already really enjoying it. And uh, I just I look forward to continuing to, to build on that. Um, it's, it's just a great time with just her and I.
0: So I do have to tell off on Dan, though. He he taught Eden how to play poker. He was supposed to be, like, keeping her occupied um, while Amanda was working on something. And lo and behold, she's learned how to play poker. And I, that's a total die, dad thing for sure.
3: <laughs> Got to start him early.
0: <laughs> All right, Ryan, what about you?
2: Wrestling. So. As a <laughs> as a kid, my brother and I would uh, so we so I was blessed to have great great grandparents growing up on both sides, and so my great great aunt Aunt Johnny, uh, God rest her soul, would always watch wrestling. And so my brother and I, he's four years younger than I am, would just go every Sunday or whatever wrestling was go, coming on pay per view events. We would order them all and sit there and watch wrestling. So I started watching, I watched Wrestling at the House, and she has taken a liking to it. So we have been to um, any wrestling event that comes to town, we go. Um, she's got championship belts. She knows the characters' names. She knows the storyline. Like, she is all in. It. it is our thing. Like, do not bother us. We are watching the main event, the pay-per-view on this Sunday or Monday or Friday. And it's just, it's just me and her. And so um it's it's kind of nostalgic for me because I grew up watching wrestling and so to have my daughter kind of come in and it's funny enough my my, bro- my niece my brother is also a girl that um same thing with her they're they're 4 months apart and they both have belts they love Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair and they're just all in but that is that is our thing and when our you know our, our significant others try to watch with us we tell them no because they start asking me questions <laughs> so it's a storyline you got to follow the storyline And it's just me and Peyton. So you you go somewhere, and then my son, he don't care. But wrestling has been a thing that my daughter and I do together very frequently. And um, it's very, very nice to have that moment with her.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome. That's something that you characteristically would think would be with your son. And so I'm so glad that she uh, came out of her scholarly box and is like, Dad, I love this too. And, and it's something you guys can can share. You guys talk, especially you, Ryan, you were talking about your great grandparents. And I'm curious as you, you reflect a little bit on your parenting style and you think about what kind of has been a big influence for you you can you tie that back to family or something some experience or something that might have happened while you were growing up go ahead Ryan you know I I don't know because my family dynamic
2: is so different so I grew up around all women so it was simply I didn't have a father in the home Uh, I'm actually the oldest I have an uncle who works all the time so we very rarely see him so it really is just myself and my brother and I'm I'm the oldest so my parenting style, you know, I take some of the things that my mom taught, some of the old stuff still works. Um, but as I mentioned before, because my daughter is so advanced and, you know, these kids these days have access to more information, more technology. Um, they're open to so many more things. So my style of parenting has has shifted because I have to have those conversations. Now, yes, there are times where I'm like, just be a kid, like stop asking these questions. But there are times that I have to explain uh, what's going on to her? Because she is so smart, and because she has access to so much, so it's it's difficult to pull from my upbringing in this regard. Because the things that we did as kids, they don't do anymore. We went outside. We came home from school. We went outside, we did our homework. We went to play, and we stayed out till the streetlights came on. We came home, took a bath, ate dinner, and went to bed not the same dynamic uh, these days. So I don't know that I pull too much. Some of the things I still do. Absolutely. My tone of voice absolutely uh, matters. (laughs) I got that from my mother for sure. But as far as parenting style, I really do have to be very flexible and and agile in that regard uh, when dealing with my daughter, because things are just so different than than before.
0: So here's what I would say I have learned um, is that, kids believe whatever gets to them first, even if it's a lie, right? And you're so right that they have access to information. They've got a ton of other people who are telling them things and that little lunchroom table, there's all kinds of conversations happening. And so it behooves us to take advantage of the opportunities to tell our kids the truth, which forces us to have the conversations. Because if you don't, they will believe whatever they hear first, even if it's not accurate. And you wanna make sure that they know what the proper name of that, that they understand the proper context of that, that they have the right guidance to decision around that, whatever it is. And if you think that they are not having questions about it, it just didn't come up out of anywhere, right? So if they're asking you about it, you can't shush it off, you can't ignore it away, you can't just be like, don't worry about that because they brought it up because they're curious and they are. And so I tend to lean to that, let's talk about it, let's have a dialogue about it and let me tell you the truth about it so that as you're navigating you are not operating off of some fallacy that you can operate off of the truth, and so I love hearing that you're having those type of conversations with your daughter because they are extremely important so kudos all right, Dan. what about you What's the biggest influence on your parenting style and why
3: yeah great great question i um I think for me. You know, kind of opposite of Ryan, what you were describing, I was surrounded with so many people that, that I watched parent. You know, my siblings, I have, have like dozens of nieces and nephews, and I watched from my siblings, um, my college friends have all gone through raising their kids and they're in high school and college and stuff now. So I just had a lot of modeling that I observed over the years. And I've, I feel like I've always been around kids and, and, you know, people that I, that I love in my network that are, are parenting. Um, so I don't, I had a hard time like tagging it to a specific person in my mind. I think for me, it's really more of, you know, I'm trying to just observe and, and, Look to see, you know, what's working, what's not working, you know, and and watching what's not working to me is just as important of really like learning from some of the lessons of, you know, um, uh, observations that you make around you of, you know, what happens when somebody takes you see two different um, parents, one of them going, you know, very strict, very regimented and another one that is very like, you know, open reins. And just seeing, you know, what seems to be working and what course corrections are they having to do over time has been um, really, really empowering for me to be able to have those observations and, um, you know, bring that into now how I pursue things with my family.
0: You know, one of the things that's also very uh, key when you're navigating is making sure that you take into consideration the personality of your child, because there are some children that you give them a stern look and that's all they needed. They are like melted to pieces. You never have to take discipline any further than that. But there are some kids who are like, whatever, you know, and they're just, they're past the look, they're past the yell, they're past all of that. And so I do think it's important to observe, but that all has to come into play with, okay, now what does my child need? What resonates with them? And I think figuring out that right blend of mix from what you've seen and then saying what resonates with her is an excellent style so dave what about you tell us about your parenting style and what you think you might have had as a big influence there um
1: it's my parenting style has evolved right so my daughter's a middle child my oldest is 39 and he's got two girls of his own now so i'm also a granddad girl granddad (laughs) so um but I think my, the people I looked up to are my my parents and my aunts and my uncles. They had all been married for years and years, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and one of the things I really noticed, you I never saw my parents fight at all, ever. And just to, pro- I just tried to portray, you know, a healthy relationship with their mom, Right. And just to show them love whenever I can. So my daughter, my sons lost their mind when they were like 12, right? 12, 13, from like 13 to 15, just lost their minds. I don't know what they were thinking. But my daughter was like the perfect child, right? She was never, you know, never too much drama. And I had always taught her, because my parents always taught me, it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you, right? You go do you, you be you, and, you know, I grew up in a predominantly African-American neighborhood, and I I was bused to a predominantly all-Jewish school, right, like through middle school. Um, and it, it was almost the same, like, my daughter is in a predominantly um all white school here, and kids are different, right? They're going to talk about your hair. They're going to talk about your color. You know, I was like, listen, you're beautiful. You're smart. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, right? As long as you like what you got on, you, you could be, you know, wearing yellow and purple and, and green, whatever. As long as you like what you got on and, and how your hair looks, whatever, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, it? Think. Right, and she's still taking that to heart as she's as she's grown up. I told her, you know, just forget about the drama. So she's like, you know, I don't want a lot of girlfriends because there's too much drama. I don't want drama. Um, so I think I picked a lot of that up from my parents and, and just seeing how their relationship was. And I tried to, you know, just be there for them. That's all, you know, you want your kids to. See. Say, hey, I can go to my dad, I can go to my mom. They're going to be there for me no matter what's going on, right? Good or bad.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, that kind of keys in on something that um, I wanted to make sure was shared today. When I think about the importance of a girl dad, whether you have one girl or you have 10 girls, I want you guys to know that you need to tell her she's beautiful. You need to tell her you love her. You need to esteem her because it's so important for you. Like you have to be her first voice of what love is. Her first voice of understanding how to see herself and think of herself as a mom I can do that, but there is nothing that can replace what you do in that seat as a dad. That is so critically important. And, you know, things like hearing you say the time that you're spending with them, the moments that are sacred to the two of you, like that should go on forever. And so I just would encourage you guys, whether they're four or they're seven or they're 25, 26, or just keep that going on forever because there is no voice that can resonate with you and how you feel about yourself like the one that comes from Dad, It is just so extremely important. And so I just want to encourage you to keep the special moment special, Um, figure out ways how to build on that. And it doesn't have to be over the top. Just keep building on that because the way you see her, builds her up in a way that nobody else will ever be able to and so i just wanted to reiterate that with you i do want to ask this one question though does she remind you of any family member? Like when you see her, I know Bria is like the spinning image of Dave, but th- does she have a personality like someone else in your family where you're just like, oh my God, this is my mom again or my aunt again or my, does she bring on that kind of perspective personality wise for you?
1: Um, She she does. I mean, she is, is so much like me, it, it, it's crazy. But I have two aunts that um, are now well, one just passed last year, but um, one is still living, and they were both um, very much in the education, very educated. So my aunt that uh, just passed as a director of Black Studies at Seton Hall University,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my other oldest aunt is now 102, and. She was a um, scholar, and and a teacher, and an educator in New York City, and one of her former students uh, was Attorney General uh, Holder, and they were, they were so um, dedicated to family, and, and furthering the family, and to, and to pushing everybody, and I see a lot of that in my daughter when she's talking to her, her younger cousins or her brothers. Um, and just you know, getting them to pursue their their dreams and their education. And um,
0: so she reminds me a lot of them. But everything else, she is a spinning image of dad. She is. I I will agree with that. She really is. All right. What about you, Dan? Does Eden remind you of any family member that comes to mind?
3: Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Um similarly she is definitely a chip off the old block she she's my little mini me um, um my wife says amanda says all the time she's like i never pictured having a child that doesn't look anything like me <laughs> she uh, personality wise though she's definitely a blend um i see a lot of the like inquisitiveness like the just you know, she wants to, she wants to know everything. Um, and I think, you know, again, that, that kind of comes from me (laughs) a little bit. Um, the, uh, as far as like some of the other family members, definitely some, some resemblances. I haven't pinned a specific personality yet though. I mean, the closest one of, one of my nieces was, was definitely, uh, um, she was a redhead as well. And she was a little bit of a, a spitfire herself. And I think there's a little bit of, of that coming through with Eden too.
0: Mm, nice. What about you, Ryan?
2: Me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you so you mentioned Dan about the inquisitive nature. That is uh, her mom. Her mom asked a lot of questions, um, a lot. Uh, but as far as personality, people, person, uh, vibrance, creative uh the way she dresses her tone of voice good and bad that comes from me um <laughs> she is i actually i actually forgot not forgot but wasn't thinking this morning when i posted a video i posted a video about that firstborn daughter that video that you've been hearing i posted that and i was just like oh my goodness like she really is is me she wants to dress herself in her own way uh she's very vocal for sure She's creative, you know, she's giving me ideas for my organization and she wants to have her own and uh, she's creative, like I said, and she likes to dance. And I mean, she is just, she's she's like me, uh, loves music, um, like like me uh, and she's, so yes, it's me. She's my she's my child through and through. Uh, I had to really check her the other week, like your tone of voice with your brother. Like, I need you to, I need you to chill out. Like that's a little me and then I was like, Oh, like that's what people say about me. She's very, she can be very sharp with her, with her and language. And so, you know, when you're witty and you have a a depth of of knowledge and language, you're able to be sharp and sarcastic. And that's not always good. So she got that. She got that for me.
0: (laughs) Well, I think you guys are all so very self-aware. It was almost (laughs) incomplete unison that you guys said your daughters were just like you so here's here's my tip when they are rising up against mom you just be on their side because it is you who gave them that characteristic that trait that that personality
2: (laughs) you know that's not how that works to these come on now come on
0: it is you who, she needs an advocate because I too am my father's child. I am like him in so many ways. I do have some characteristics and gifts that um, I was blessed from with my mom. I looked so much like my dad that when I had my youngest daughter, I would look at her in the car seat and I'd be like, oh my God, you look just like my dad. Like she looked more like him than me, but I really look like him. So I do understand um that sentiment as well. I want to give you guys a chance to just kind of reflect a little bit on Father's Day. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to share your Father's Day wisdom as uh, people are listening. Something that you would just want, you know, to to offer in honor of the holiday. Um, I'll give you a chance to share. Dan, I'll start with you. What Father's Day wisdom would you like to share back with those who are listening um, in honor of Father's Day?
3: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Denise. This is, um, you know, like I said, I waited a long time to be a dad, and it's something I've always wanted, and I'm so, so happy to be on this journey. Um couple of things that come to mind for me first and foremost, just like slow down and take it in like life, life moves by so fast. And, um, you know, some of those moments, you don't get a second chance to relive some of those moments. So, you know, slow down, take the chance to, you know, create those memories with your, you know, with your children. Um, there's always going to be more time to find to work. There's always going to be more chores to get done, but, there's not going to be so many times that she comes up to you and says, you know, dance with me, daddy. And um, those are the, those are the memories you're going to remember. Those are the moments you're going to remember. Um, So that would be, that would be my biggest thing. And then, and then second, I would just say, you know, um, building on what you were saying before, Denise, I just feel like the relationship between a dad and the daughter, it is so important for us to model what she should be looking for in her future, you know, husband um, and how she should be expected to be treated by men um, as she grows up. And I think it's so important to reinforce to them, you know, to, I, I, every day I tell her, you know, I love her every day. I tell her, you know, how pretty she is. Um, and, and I think that's so important to like help them understand Um, this is what you should expect and and how you treat their mother is what they, their, how you treat their mother is how, um, they're going to be what they're going to be looking for when they start making those choices for themselves in life. Mm -hmm.
0: You definitely are establishing a standard. Um, and so those, those, those tips and advice are very, very key. And, you know, I know there are a lot of different relationship dynamics and how you treat their mother doesn't mean how you treat because we're married, right? How you treat their mother means how you treat because of the honorable position that she has with being the mother of your children. And you're right, little eyes are always looking, they're always watching and they're taking it in. And those little eyes become more, analytical eyes, more understanding eyes, more inspecting eyes with age. And so you do want to continue to treat um, the women in your life. They pay attention to all of that. That is so very true. So thank you so much for sharing that, Dan. Dave, what about you? What wisdom would you share? Would you like to share out in honor of Father's Day?
1: Um, For me, I mean, I think I've gone through uh the see. So I'm like the old head in the group here. Um, so I've, you know, you, you, you have to evolve, right? We're in a different time uh, from when we grew up, you know, as far as like electronics, you know, your kids today are just on the phone, whatever, whatever they're doing. All right. They're on video games, their electronics. Now we got COVID. So it's, it's, it's really, um, just being there for your kids. Your kids are seeing a lot of stuff going on in the world that is is just like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice is just be there when they want to dance, like Dad said. Um, when they have a question, whatever it may be. Why are you and Mom in the bedroom all night? What, what's going on in there? Oh, we're talking. We're, we're folding clothes. Whatever you want to call it, you know. Let them know. that that you're there for them because like sometimes i i hear other dads that have friends like when they when the daughters became teenagers they didn't know how to how to react to that there's hormones i don't know how to get through to her just let them know that you're there to talk whenever they need it you know you might not understand everything that women go through i still don't and i'm almost 60. so um just just be there for the kids. Let them know that you're there, that you always be there. I tell my daughter, no matter what, I don't care if you're in Boston, wherever you're at, you call dad, you got a problem, you call dad, I'm there. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. That dependability is key. And you know, I was thinking back to one thing I noticed with our girls, um, Because you're right. Things evolve. One of the things I noticed in the evolution is we used to have a bonus room where every where they would go and watch TV. Right. And then all of a sudden the TV in the bonus room was never turned on because everything switched to the cell phone and they were watching everything that they wanted to watch in their bedrooms on the cell phone. Well, when the television was on in the bonus room, I could pop in and see what was going on, what they were watching. But behind closed doors on the cell phone, I could not see. And so I was very intentional about saying, let's watch shows together. So. It, it may not have been my genre. I'm telling you, are you the one on MTV was not something that I would have chose to watch, but because they were interested in that show, I would sit there and watch it. And what I learned in that moment, like David's saying, when things have evolved is it became conversation pieces for me. It, it, if it, If given all things, I'm not sure I would have picked that show for them to watch, but it gave us plenty of conversation material to talk about. Right. And it allowed me to understand how they were processing things. And it gave me a chance to be that sounding board to interject my thoughts on what was going on. And that honestly has continued. Um, we watch shows together like you, uh, you and Bria Dave. We watch shows together and we will get on afterwards and talk about the episode of the show. And again, there's shows I probably wouldn't watch, but it's a way to stay connected um, with my girls. And so you're right. We do have to evolve with the times. And when I noticed that everything was just being huddled in the bedroom, I was like, I've got to figure out a way to pull them out and to reconnect with them. And so It does make us have to adjust and not try to make it about how we want it to be, but how can we work together um, to parents? So thank you for sharing that. And Ryan, what are your thoughts? What are your Father's Day nuggets that you would share?
2: Um, The first one, he talked about it. Moments matter, right? And so there's always going to be time to do work. There's always going to be time to watch your show or have your, your alone time. But from what I hear, once they become teenagers, that time becomes a little... Um, not as much, right? And so have those moments now while they're young. If they're young, those moments matter. If they ask you to do something, do it. Chances are, it's not gonna take that long anyway. <laughs> so just do it. And if you're just doing it, shut them up, that's fine. <laughs> but if you just do what they ask, generally they're gonna remember that or not remember uh, or remember that you didn't do it rather. So second thing is another thing, more is caught than taught, right? And so they're always watching no matter what you're doing, what you're listening to, um, how you talk, how you speak when they're not around, if they're in another room, they hear just like you heard when you were a kid, right? And so just like your mother heard you mumble under your breath when you walked away, they, it's, just, it's the same thing, right? It's so, right, exactly. Uh, so those moments matter, more is caught than taught. And one thing that I'm a very, very big advocate of is active and present parenting, no matter the relationship you have with the mother of your child. And I say that because there's a dynamic, as you mentioned earlier, Denise, there are people that are separated. There are blended families. There are those who grow up without a father, grow up without a mother, things like that. And so you need to make sure that you're still active and present in that child's life, no matter what. And so active and present parenting is, is critical to these kids. It doesn't matter how you feel about the mother of their children. Uh, it doesn't matter to a degree. Uh, what matters is that you're there for that child. And you don't stop being there for that child because you aren't. You and the mother aren't getting along that's not an excuse to not be present active in that child's life so remember moments matter more is caught than taught and make sure that you just stay active and present in that child's life no matter what
0: absolutely um i know uh just like dave our daughter has uh relocated to a different state and one of the things that i have purposed is that like we're going to physically see each other once a quarter. So either you're coming here or we're going to make the trek there. But that's something that you have to be very intentional about. And that presence does make a difference. Um, And so I agree with you. I want to thank you guys for being a part of this episode. I think hearing your hearts about being a girl dad and uh, the relationships that you share with your princesses is something that they would um, treasure always. And so I'm going to let you do a one sentence salutation to them specifically so that you can play this for them and say, listen to what daddy had to say. So think about it. Think about what you want to say, say their name in one sentence about what your wishes for them, how you feel about them or whatever you would like. I'll start with you, Ryan.
2: Hates and Baroness, you are my world. Uh, Thank you for making me a girl dad. It is a privilege to be your father and I will always be here for you no matter what.
0: I love you, kid. That's beautiful. I'll start with you next, Dan.
3: Uh, Eden Rose. Oh man, I'm going to steal some song lyrics. Um, I'm always going to lift you up and I'll never let you down. You're my absolute world and I love you to pieces.
0: It's beautiful, and then finally, Dave. Bria, Alyssa, you
1: know I love you. Uh, I expect you to change the world, and I'm always here for you. So I always tell, tell my kids, right? I was like, listen, I change your diapers, right? So one day you're gonna have to change mine. And Bria's always like, no, I'm gonna make enough money to pay somebody to change them for you. Just put me in a good home when you're ready.
0: And on that note, happy Father's Day to all of you. I hope that they get you the best gift ever. It's okay to give them some hints if you need to. Um, But thank you for joining me. And as I always say, success looks so good on you. Thank you, guys. I hope that you were so tickled by this great conversation that I had with these incredible guys. I want to wish them and all the men everywhere. A happy Father's Day. And I want to say to you that if you know some dad that needs to be encouraged, that needs to be motivated, share this episode with them so that they can be connected with a message that really is there to encourage them. Thank you for tuning in with me. And I look forward to being connected to you next week on Embrace Your Power. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you are truly blessed with life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. It's Embrace Your Power easy to find. Now be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with a friend and make sure you subscribe so that we can stay connected each week. And remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He gave us power. So be sure to always embrace your power and go.